With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
to give them the information they need to become a part of the solution, to become part of what the founders envisioned for this nation. And I think that we do a really good job of it. Uh, we work very hard to get people off of the couch and get them to attend an event. And coming to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event is not, uh, not going to be like anything that you've really ever done before. It's hard to explain until you attend one. I told you before the analogy of uh, I can tell you all day long about how good a uh, how good the first bite of a fresh baked loaf of uh, bread is when it's still warm from the oven and you put a little butter on it and you take a bite of it, how good that is. I can tell you about it all day long, but you're never going to understand until you take the bite yourself. And that's what we're encouraging folks to do. Attend an event, take a bite yourself, and see what we're talking about. <clears throat> it doesn't require uh, uh, any preparation. A lot of folks talk about, that. yeah, I'd like to come to an event, but you know, I really need to get ready first. I really need to do some shooting, stuff like that, get my uh, rifles all ready, and, and on and on and on. And they're putting as many things as they can between them and participating in the event uh, as they can possibly, uh, as they can possibly put between themselves, which I understand. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm prone to do the same things at times. I'm prone to uh, uh, to clean my rifle until it's spotless, uh, rather than uh, than do some other chore like uh, uh, write a press release or. Uh, or something like that, because cleaning the rifle is much easier uh, than than doing some of the other things that uh, that I know I have to do. So I don't know why I put it off. The same thing with uh, coming to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event. There's nothing you need to do to prepare, other than make sure that you have your mind uh, in a mode where you're willing to accept instruction where you're willing to learn, uh, to have an open mind, ready for instruction. That's all you need. The rest of the stuff, we're going to give you when you get there. Don't worry about sighting in your rifles ahead of time or, or going and practicing. I know a lot of people feel that, uh, well, I can't go to an event because I don't want to go until my skills are at their peak, until I can uh, and shoot as good or better than anybody there. Listen, don't worry about that. I've done a lot of events, and I can tell you that uh, no matter what your skill level is, you're going to fit in perfectly on the Appleseed firing line. Whether you are a competition shooter and you have no problem whatsoever on cleaning the red coat the first thing Saturday morning, or, uh, or shooting to a rifleman standard by the end of the day on Saturday, <clears throat> or if you just went and got your rifle out of the trunk of your car and opened up the box and took it out of the uh, the plastic and you've never shot it before. Either way, by the end of the day on Saturday, you're going to you're going to have learned a great deal. Your skills and techniques are going to have improved uh, tremendously, and you're going to have learned a lot that you didn't know before, and that goes for everybody. <clears throat> You won't be competing 
against anyone but yourself. This isn't a competition. This is a chance for you to learn the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship. I can tell you, too, right now that uh, after doing many, many events, that the people are not interested in what the folks next to them did. Their, their, their main and only concern is their own target. Nobody's ever looking at the target to the left or right of them. They're looking at their target, their own personal target, and trying to assess uh, how much improvement they've made. And that's what it's all about. It's in the competition between anybody. You don't have to worry about having your skills honed to a razor-sharp edge before you attend. You don't have to worry about having your rifle sighted in. When you get there on Saturday morning, we're going to, we're going to show you a good way to sight in your rifles, and we're going to give you time to do it. We're going to walk you through the process of sighting your rifle in for you. We're going to teach you about uh, slings. We're going to teach you about building a stable shooting position because that's the first thing you have to do if you're planning on making the shot because without a stable shooting position, nothing else matters. It's uh, Whether you hit the target or not, it's going to be like flipping a coin. So we're going to show you how to build a stable shooting position in prone seating and standing. Uh, then we're going to talk to you about the six steps to firing the shot. And once again, this isn't something that the Apple T Project dreamed up and uh, that we're going to be experimenting on you and, and see if this, this might have some faint hope of working, some new radical procedure that we're trying, because it's not. We're giving you the tried-and-true techniques that have been distilled down through 400 years of firearms usage. All right? This isn't something that's brand new. We're just putting all of the stuff, all of the things that people use to shoot into one package, and we're feeding it to you in a logical fashion. So we're going to show you the six steps to firing the shot. And that includes your sight alignment, making sure that the front and rear sights are in alignment, your sight picture, making sure that the front sight, the rear sight, and the target are in the correct position, we're going to talk to you about respiratory pause, and that is how to take the shot in a place where you're not breathing so that the movement caused by the inhalation or exhalation of air does not affect your shot. We're going to talk to you about focusing your eye on the front sight. because Why? Because the front sight determines where your round is going to impact. Then we'll talk to you about keeping your mind focused on keeping the front sight on the target. It sounds very easy and very puerile, doesn't it? But it's not. It's a lot harder than you think it is. Then we'll talk to you about trigger squeeze. Not trigger yank, pull, trigger jerk, trigger bump, any of those, but trigger squeeze. And then finally we'll talk to you about following through. That means making sure that your body is completely frozen. Whenever you squeeze the trigger, the trigger breaks. You hold the trigger to the rear. Your world is frozen. And you take a middle snapshot of where your front sight was when the trigger broke. Uh, you'll learn why when you come to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event. After that, we'll talk to you about inches, minutes, and clicks and how they pertain to you, to your rifle, to uh, zeroing your rifle toward making the shot at distance. We'll talk to you about natural point of aim, how to determine what yours is and how to shift it onto the target correctly. We'll also talk to you about the rifleman's dance, about the rifleman's cadence. We'll talk to you about 
uh, all of the fundamentals that are required for making the shot. And on top of that, on top of that priceless information, you're going to get a great deal of history, and not just a dry recitation of history by somebody that uh, doesn't care if you're in the room or not, uh, that doesn't care if you're uh, in their class or doesn't care if uh, if you're listening or not, uh, and doesn't really care about the material that they're giving you. <clears throat> you're going to hear about the history from an instructor who's very passionate about it, as all of us should be. You're going to hear about the history in several places during the day. And, uh, you know, I, I I get this every once in a while. I'll, get, uh, I'll read on other forums and stuff, folks talking about, yeah, yeah, history, history. I'm not there for the history. I, I could care less about that. Uh, you know, I'm there, there to, uh, to shoot and uh, blah, 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 the history. And right then and there is a glaring example of one of the problems in our nation. I don't care about the history. I don't care how I got here. I don't have to know what happens if I put my hand on the hot burner on the stove. What do I care about that for? I'll just put my hand on that hot burner, and, and by cracky, if it burns me, I'll yell and scream and jump up and down and ask, how did that happen? And that's how I'm going to go through my whole life. The history is important. The reason you do things the way you do, the reason our nation does things the way it does, the reason, the reason that the whole world is functioning the way it does, is because of the sum of all of the parts of our histories. It behooves you to know where your history uh, has brought you. So we're going to get you started on that at an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event. We're going to give you a chance to honor those who came before you, to honor the men and women who stood in ranks, on April 19, 1775, and risked everything they had so that you could have the things that you have today. We're going to talk to you about that. <clears throat> We're going to shoot a lot. When you come to an event, be prepared to shoot uh, oh, 450 to 650 rounds because we like to shoot. Because in order to learn to shoot, you need to shoot. We're going to give you a chance to shoot a great deal. So make sure that you uh, that you come to the event knowing that. Uh, there are plenty of places to read up on how to prepare. If you feel that you need to prepare for an event, then by gosh, we've got uh, an excellent web page, rwva.org. Our web page is rwva.org. Uh, Romeo Whiskey Victor Alpha.org. <clears throat> and uh, the guys have done a great job of putting together the uh, the website. It has a lot of great information on there, how to prepare for an event, uh, uh, what to bring, uh, what you're going to learn, all of the stuff that uh, you need to know is going to be on there. And then, as I said, uh, don't worry. You could show up without ever having looked at anything on the web page. You could just show up with your rifle ammo uh, eye and air protection, and we'll pretty much do the rest uh, with you there at an event. Now, we'd like you to have uh, 
the rest of the stuff that you would bring to a normal outing uh, in the summer or winter, warm clothes, uh, uh, something to drink, something to eat, cool clothes, uh, slicker if it's raining, etc. All right, use your common sense. But there's nothing that you have to prepare for. You don't have to go out and buy a bunch of stuff. Just come to an event. <clears throat> now, the cost of the event itself, we've made it very easy to attend. Appleseed isn't a commercial organization. We're a nonprofit organization. Uh, if we could make it free, we would, and we have made it free for quite a few folks. But we still have to pay for printing the targets. We have to pay for renting the porta cans. We have to pay for the T-shirts that we give you. We have to pay to get instructors to the event, to fly them there or to pay for their gas or their their hotels. Uh, so we have to charge something, but we've kept the price down at the original price since we began. That's 70 bucks, all right? 70 bucks for you to attend an event. <clears throat> and that's like I said, if you don't fall into one of the free categories. If you are a active duty guard reserve member, then you'll shoot for free. If you're a law enforcement officer, you will shoot for free. And a lot of people have come down on this. Why are, you, why are they shooting free? Well, I think with the the military, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? We want uh, our military members to be able to make the shot when it counts. And anyone in the guard, uh, the reserves, or active duty, any one of them at any time can be snatched up and sent to a theater of operations uh, where right now there is no uh, rear area. They all need to know how to make the shot when it counts. The same thing with law enforcement. And let me ask you this. If, uh, if one of our law enforcement officers has to make a shot, and and there's a chance that they are uh, civilians or anyone else uh, in the area, or that the person uh, that they have to uh, to shoot at in a lawful way, if that person uh, trying to make the shot, you want them to make the shot. You want them to make the shot. That's why we do this. <clears throat> if you uh, if you are a woman then the charge is going to, only going to be 10 bucks for you to come. Now, 10 bucks for a two-day rifle marksmanship course is already $60 off the regular price of 70 The $70 price is already a couple of hundred bucks off what you would normally pay for a two-day rifle course. So 10 bucks is a great deal. If you are uh, uh, under the age of uh, uh, 21, and you're coming with your family, then you're going to shoot for five bucks. All right. <clears throat> we, uh, like I said, we'd make it free for everyone if we could, but we have to pay our bills too. <clears throat> All right. Uh, and if for some reason, if you're strapped for cash, but uh, you really want to go to an event, look up the event. Uh, and here's how you look up the event. You go to rwva.org. That's the home page. On the home page, there's a, a line of tabs across the top. Look at the tab that says Appleseed. Put your cursor on that. You'll get a drop-down menu. On the drop-down menu, select Schedule. 
When you click on the schedule page, it'll take you to a map of the United States. Now, you can put your cursor on the state that you would like to attend an event in and click on it, and it'll give you a listing of all of the events in that state. If you want to see what the events are going on across the nation, there is a hot link embedded in the text above the map. Click on that, and you'll get a listing of all the events across the nation. Once you've decided on which event you would like to attend, there are two hot links to the right of it. One says information. That's what I want you to take a look at. It says information. <clears throat> Click on that, and you'll get uh, the information for that specific event on that specific date. Find out who the contact person is. Make contact with them. You'll eventually end up talking to the shoot boss. When you talk to the shoot boss, you let them know that you're right here at this moment. You're strapped for cash, but you would like to attend and see if they can't uh, figure out some way to get you to attend. All right? Uh, it's up to the shoot boss to decide. Uh, uh, it's at his discretion uh, on what kind of thing, what kind of deals he can make that way. All right? But don't let uh, don't let having not enough cash stop you from going to an event. Don't let anything stop you. And whenever you're looking at the schedule at rwva.org, when you're looking at the schedule, don't just look at the schedule and think about how it might be nice someday to attend an event. Look at the schedule, find an event, pick out the one you want to attend, click on the other hot link to the right of it, which is register, and pre-register for the event. Don't just think about going to an event. Go. I guarantee you, you'll be glad you did. <clears throat> All right. And now, when you go to an event... We've also made it. Uh, we've also made it easy for you to attend subsequent events. If you go to an event, and through the course of the event, if uh, if by the end of the event, if you have not shot to rifle standards two ten or above on the AQT, but you have a desire to do so, and you want to keep coming back until you do. We've made that easy for you also. What you can do is uh, whenever you pay for the event, you keep your receipt for the event. At the same time, go over to the, uh, uh, the place there at Eventbrite that says RWVA membership. Buy yourself a $20 one-year RWVA membership. Take the receipt for the membership and for the, the event that you just paid for. Take it to the shoot boss at the event and say, hey, I didn't shoot the rifle and standards, but I'm determined to, and I want to keep coming back until I do. And he'll he'll put you in the Rifleman's Opportunity Program, and that means that you'll be able to shoot uh, for free at any event uh, in the United States for one year or until you shoot to Rifleman's standards. All right, so we've made it easy. We've made it easy for you. We've done everything we can do. The only thing we can't do is get you up off the couch and get, bring you to the event. And we could probably even do that. You shoot us an email and tell you where you are and uh, and challenge us to come and get you and bring you to an event. We'll probably come do that <clears throat> because it's important to us. And I think once you attend an event, you'll see how important it is and how important it should be to you. All right, uh uh, at this time in the show, what we usually do, and what we're going to do today again, is uh, all of the folks, all of the 
different shooting crews across the United States. Uh, All of you guys have folks that you should be thanking. Uh, Your instructors, uh, people who have just shot to rifleman standards, uh, your uh, instructors in training who have just uh, uh, progressed uh, to a new level on their PCs, uh, folks who have uh, uh, who have made uh, full instructor or shoot boss, uh, different promotions folks in your local area or your state who have done radio interviews or who have uh, done something to enhance the promotions project in your area. All of these folks, all of them deserve a thank you. Uh, I've told you before that uh, here in the program we're really really good about riding our horses into the dirt. We'll whip them and ride them until they're frothy and uh, until they stumble and fall a lot of times. And we don't do it because we're intentionally trying to be mean. We do it because we have a a a mission of getting a message out, and, and we don't know how long we have to do that. We could have we could have ten years uh, to make the program work, or we could only have six months. We don't know. Uh, nobody knows. You don't know. So we have to work as hard as we can to try and get as far as we can, and get as many people up off the couch and get them working as possible. So yeah, we work our folks hard. Well, everyone in the program who is a working member works pretty hard. They give up a lot of time, a lot of uh, and sometimes a lot of money uh, to do this. And we're not that great at saying thanks. And so this portion of the show, what I'd like to do is uh, is let you folks call in and uh, and give thanks to your local crew. That is, uh, anybody who you've been working with. And I talked to the screener about this <clears throat> You guys all know that this section of the show is coming up. By the time I uh, open the, uh, open the uh, switchboard up for calls for this, it should be filled up. We've got uh, 50 slots in there that, uh, uh, that are available. So uh, by the time I open the show up to this, there should be 50 callers on there saying, listen, I want to thank so-and-so. I want to thank my buddy here. I want to thank my buddy there. Uh, and give them some of the recognition. Uh, let me start the ball off with <clears throat> uh, the New York crew. Uh, there's a New York instructor that I worked with over the summer, Mark uh, Ansbacher, uh, another DOM on the forum. Uh, Mark has been working hard over the last three years there in New York. The whole New York crew is just a fantastic bunch of folks, and uh, they're very close to, to my heart. Because I spend a I spend a, usually a month in the summer up in New York, and while I'm up there, I try and do uh, a couple of uh, apple seeds while I'm there. And so I've met a large portion of the crew, and they have welcomed me in there with open arms, and they're just a fantastic lot. And I, I'm sure that they're not any different than any of the rest of the crews across the United States. I've told you folks uh, a thousand times already, apple seeders are the best folks you will meet in the world. 
and the New York crew is no exception. They're absolutely fantastic folks. And uh, like I said, they're very close to my heart. Mark Ansbacher is uh, uh, an instructor there, and he's been working really hard over the last three years running shoots. And uh, we just had a light, uh, a, a small hurdle to get over to get him to uh, uh, to make his full instructor status. And by gosh, we did it. And Mark is now a, a certified red hat with the Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Program. And I hope all of the uh, the New York folks will be sure and congratulate him. I mean, you don't have to be from New York to congratulate him. Anybody can. But uh, I hope all of the New York folks give him a big uh, congratulations and uh, have a, a nice ceremony and recognition of him next time. Uh, make, maybe take him and throw him in that swamp right next to the troop range there. Because that's a nice, ugly. I don't know. Don't throw him in there because I don't know. I don't know if you could get back out of that thing. And we really need now that he's got his red hat to uh, to work him to death even harder now. But I want to thank Mark. He's put a lot of time and effort into the program. He really knows his uh, his show and knows how to run a great show. And uh, and like I said, he's he's always working hard. And uh, so congratulations, Mark on your uh, promotion to full instructor. And uh, let's see, who else here? We've got in Texas, I would like to thank uh, Lauren LaCrin and Andrew LaCrin, Double L and uh, Star Fox, <coughs> for the work that they've been doing. Uh, well, over the last year, they've been doing a great job getting the lady seeds up and going and cementing our partnership with Diva. Diva is a fantastic group. I've talked to you guys about them before. A fantastic group of women. And uh, Andrew and Lauren have worked hard with them. And right now, uh, Lauren is cracking the whip on the Texas shooting team. And what we've done, we've just taken a group of the instructors, and uh, we've formed them up into shooting teams now. And uh, they're going to start going on the road and shooting at events locally and nationally uh, under the banner of Appleseed in order to promote the program by other folks seeing them walking away with the uh, trophies and uh, with the awards uh, after their successful shooting events. So Lauren has been really cracking the whip and keeping folks uh, on their schedule of rehearsing and uh, making sure that all of the uh, all of the events are registered for, and then all of the uh, hotels and the fees are paid. Everything else is ready to go. <clears throat> so we really, uh, we really owe this duo uh, a great deal. And yeah, Andrew and Lauren are married. They're a husband and wife uh, Appleseed partnering team, and they do a great job. Uh, all right, and uh, and the number is. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. One more time. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. And listen, don't make yourself look bad. Uh, go ahead and call in and tell somebody thank you. Uh, and you can ask, uh, you've heard me talk to the folks on the phone here before. Nobody, uh, nobody, quiet dogs, nobody, 
receives any fatal wounds from calling into the show. Uh, you know, I won't keep you on. I won't uh, make you answer any hard questions, do any public math, anything like that. All you have to do is come on here, tell your uh, your the local crews thank you for the work that they're doing and how much you appreciate what they've done. All right. <clears throat> so please do so and and give them the acknowledgments that they deserve. Uh, once again, I'll ask you for your prayers for a Texas member, and that is for uh, Doug Tibbetts. He, uh, he's he been with the program since, uh, really almost since before it started. He was at the very first uh, boot camp at Ramsher, and he has helped me out with uh, the admin portion of the events ever since I started. Uh, Doug will drive up here and... He will stay, he will camp out here for the weekend, stay here with us, and he will do all of the admin stuff, all of the sign-ins, all of the uh, paperwork. He'll uh, hand out the T-shirts and uh, answer all the questions. He even has gone so far as to go and uh, uh, have all the, the, uh, the information packets made up and then has actually gone out and... And nobody asked him to do this. He just went out and uh, grabbed uh, the things that he thought should be in an additional information packet and then printed up $800 worth of them. And that's the stuff that we give to the folks when they show up here. It has uh, all of this stuff in there about uh, uh, the uh, uh, the different technical aspects uh, of shooting, uh, promotions, guides, etc., stuff like that. And I told you guys before that uh, Doug has cancer, and and he's been fighting it for the the last uh, seven years. And I'll stand there with him and fight it, fight it with him. But I I also ask you guys to keep him in your prayers. His name is Doug Tibbetts. Uh, he's a Marine. And uh, the doctors have pretty much ascertained that the cancer that he got, he he got it uh, from Vietnam when he was stationed there with the Marines. And uh, I ask you for his prayers for a good man, for a good instructor. All right. Uh, all right, 347-308-8790. Now, it doesn't have to be thank you. And one of you guys, uh, if anybody listening has uh, some information that they would like to get out, well, here's your opportunity. Here's a chance for you to get the information out to a a good uh, eight to nine hundred folks when they listen to this uh, this episode uh, tonight and in the archives. Here's a chance for you to get this information out to the folks. So don't waste it. Uh, give us a call three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. <clears throat> All right, uh <clears throat> the uh the show tonight the episode tonight is uh I don't know how to uh I don't know how to pronounce this. Let me take a look at it again. I meant to I meant to try and rehearse the practicing of saying this. <clears throat> uh 
hold on just a second here. Uh, and once again, the phone number is 347-308-8790. All right? Uh, the show tonight is Non Mihi Non Tibi Sed Nobis. Non Mihi Non Tibi Sed Nobis. And that is the Latin for not for you, not for me, but for us, the foundation of a good relationship. Let me repeat that to you again. Not for you, not for me, but for us. I think that can that can and should sum up a good deal of the reason why we do this and how we should be conducting ourselves while we're doing it. Not for you, not for me, but for us. And uh, what that means, what that means to me is this. I'm not doing what I do here in Appleseed. I'm not doing it for me in order to make me happy. I'm not doing it for you to make you happy. I'm doing it for us, collectively, us as a nation, as a group. And setting up the foundation of a good relationship. So let's break that down real quick. Not for you is the first part. And what does not for you mean? That means that when I'm doing, I'm doing, I am not doing it for you, man. No, that's not what it means. It's not saying that I'm not doing it for you as you a one person. <clears throat> what I'm saying is I'm not doing it for one person. I'm not doing it for you or because of you. You know, we get... Uh, it's always amazed me at how many scuffles and conflicts and... Uh, disagreements and everything else that we can manage to get into uh, as a group of folks trying to do something good, trying to do something right. And it's hard. It's hard not to because so many of us are passionate folks. And one of the things we ask folks to do when we say, when you come into the program and say, leave your ego at the door, it's an easy thing to say, but it's it's a lot harder thing to do without giving that person also some understanding of what we mean by that. Well, let's start with the first thing, not for you. That means I'm not doing this for some person. You know, people here all, yell, all the time yell about Fred. Fred this, Fred that, and Fred is really uh, uh, chat my hiney. So here's what I'm going to do to get back at him. I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to do that. Or I'm going to go do this because because of Fred. Fred's making me do this. Listen, if that's the way you're thinking, then you've missed the whole point of the program. You don't understand the mission at all. Nobody in the program should be doing something because of or for Fred. When I say for Fred, I don't mean that that if Fred calls and asks you to do something, you should say, well, I'm not going to do that for you because Scout told me not to. What I'm saying is you should not be doing your mission. You should not be running your mission because of a person. Because a person is not going to be around forever. A person could fail you. 
a person could make a mistake. And I'm not trying to disparage anyone. I'm not trying to disparage Fred. I'm just saying it's a bad idea. You don't do things for a person. You do them because you know the mission is right. You do them because you know what you're doing means something. Because of what you're doing is going to mean something for those who come after. Not for the person that's with you now. Not for some person. So that's what not for you is. I'm not doing this for you. I'm not doing this to please you. You should not be doing things to please anyone in the program. Not to please Fred, not to please me, uh, not to please anyone. You should be doing what you're supposed to be doing in order to fulfill your mission. Okay? Not for you. Not for me. Now, this one's a lot easier and a lot harder. Not for me. That means what I'm doing, my participation in the program is not predicated on how much satisfaction I get personally from doing my mission, from running my mission. That means that if uh, if I work and I work and I work and it's not making me happy, if it's not making me 100% happy, and I'm thinking, man, I could be doing something else that would make me a lot happier than this. Uh, that's not the reason that you do. That's not the reason we do what we're doing. We're not doing uh, running this program to make ourselves personally happy. We're not uh, the standard for yours of success of the mission is not uh, answered by, am I happy? Is this making me happy, personally happy? Am I jumping up and down uh, when I find out I need to spend another four hours this week doing some promo stuff? I guarantee you, if you predicate your involvement in, in any organization on your own personal happiness, you then you're going to experience a failure. Uh, the reason that you're doing this is not to make yourself happy. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean that there is not a, a great amount of satisfaction and happiness that can be found by participating in the program. I know that I do, and there's a, there's enough in it uh, that can smooth out the uh, the lows, the areas where there's not. But <clears throat> if I were saying I'm going to do this because I'm making myself happy doing it, then uh, I don't know if I would still be with the program. <clears throat> uh, this covers uh, a lot of the areas, too, where we have questions in the program, such as uh, uh, maybe there is certain... Uh, rules or certain guidelines that you've been asked to uh, to uh, adhere to while you're uh, running your mission, and maybe that'd be something like uh, some one of the hot button topics like uh, wearing camouflage or uh, or drinking at appleseed events or or t- 
telling the three strikes of the match story in one day. Now, maybe maybe none of that makes you personally happy. But then you got to ask yourself, did I join the program to make myself happy? Because if you did, then you joined under false pretenses, and you neither to... You either need to find some other organization or you need to reevaluate your participation in this organization. Do I care if somebody wears camouflage or something to an event? I don't know. I think I could care less. Do I think that maybe there's reasons for them making the rule? I think that there is. I think that there is. Do I think that uh, one person wearing a pair of uh, camouflage pants and instructor at an event is going to cause some horrible uh, thing to happen? No, probably not. I don't really see it, <clears throat> but do I think there's a possibility that it could, uh, uh, if all the instructors showed up in camouflage, uh, that that could uh, leave a bad taste in somebody's mouth? Yeah, yeah, maybe it could. Regardless, uh, you're not joining an organization that is supposed to be run uh, by the standards of does it make you happy or not. You're joining an organization that says, all right, uh, here's the mission. Do I think this is important enough to participate in? Check. Okay, yes, I do. Am I willing to subordinate my personal happiness uh, in all cases uh, to fulfill the mission? Well, maybe not in all cases, but in most cases, uh, yeah, probably so. Yeah, I think I, I, think I should because I think the message is important enough. Then, yeah, uh, just because somebody's going to ask me to do something that – I'm not all that happy about, then, okay, as long as I get to tell the story and I get to spread the message, then, yeah, I'll do that. <clears throat> because the organization isn't an organization that says, all right, if you join the organization and uh, and if you don't like something about it, then just don't do it. But I don't know any organization that's like that. Yeah, it's an all-volunteer organization, but so is the Peace Corps. Uh, so is the, uh, if you want to get right down to it, the military is a volunteer organization. Right? You have to volunteer to get in there. Now, once you're in, you can't get out. <clears throat> but any volunteer organization has rules, and you've got to abide by them. Or you can go do something else, something that you feel is equally, uh, has the ability to equally spread the mission. But you can't voluntarily join an organization and then say, well, I don't really like this or that, so I'm just not going to do that because because this organization has rules and policies and guidelines just like any other. That doesn't mean that you can't say, uh, you can't bring it to somebody's attention because I think you should. Every single time that you have some kind of a uh, disagreement with the with any organization that you're involved in, and you think that uh, that your position is correct, then I think that you should take it uh, to whoever is in the position of authority to listen to you. You should take it to them in a respectful manner and place it before them and say, look, here's here's something I got. I got a beef with this or I got a beef with that. Take it before them uh, like an adult does in a uh, in a professional adult manner. And then be prepared to abide by their answer to their decision. I, I don't know of any organization, maybe some of you guys do, 
I don't know of any organization that says, all right, you join us, and we've got these rules and guidelines, but if you don't like them, don't follow them. And uh, if you have any questions about it and you come and bring it to us and we say, no, you can't do that, don't listen to us uh, because that's a recipe for disaster. So, so not for you, not for me, but for us. I'm not going to do this for a person. I'm not doing this for a person. So that one person can't make me, uh, uh, they can't fail me and cause me to think that, uh, that the whole mission has been soured or poisoned because of one person. Because it doesn't matter what happens at the very top, because I don't live at the very top. I live at uh, the very bottom. I live down on the firing line with the folks who are coming to attend an event. That's where I live, and that's where I fulfill uh, my obligations to the organization. I operate uh, an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event, staying within the guidelines of the program, and one person's uh, success or failure anywhere else in the program does not affect me. The only thing that can affect me is my own personal success or failure. And I work hard to make sure that at my events that I can be a success by knowing the material, presenting it in a coherent way, uh, and then presenting myself as a professional. And that's how I run my participation in the program. Like I said, there's a lot of things I don't like about the program. Uh, some of them I'm trying to change. Some of them I know will never change. All right? But but the success or failure of one person in the program or my happiness uh, with the program does not... Uh, predicate my continued participation in the program, all right? I'm not doing it for somebody. And and I'm willing to accept the fact that I'm not always going to be happy about everything that's going on. But I'm not going to allow that to stand between me and giving the mission, giving the, giving the message, all right? Because I think it's important enough that that's why I'm in the program. Because uh, maybe somebody else knows of some better places, some better ways to spread the the message. But I don't. It's one of the best ways that you're going to find of participating uh, in an organization in order to spread the message of safeguarding the freedoms and liberties that living in this nation affords you. If you find a better way, let me know. I may come in uh, and work with you. But right now, this is the best one that I know of. And I'm going to keep working to make sure that the the mission is a success. Not that I may success or that any other person is a success, but that the mission is a success. Uh, I think that's the highest calling that an individual can aspire to. 
as to trying to ensure that the mission that they're involved in is a success. And I think that the mission of the Apathy Project is uh, is a very important one. And I also hear people talking all the time about, well, this, uh, we don't think that uh, such and such is really the the mission. We think that there's some hidden thing. Well, listen, I, I've been involved with the program since the very beginning. I haven't found anything hidden. But even if there were, even if there were some kind of hidden thing that, that not even I know about, what does that matter? Because down there on the line at your event in your local your local uh, firing line, what does it matter about that? Because you're not preaching some hidden agenda or hidden message. What you're doing is putting out the message to the best of your understanding right then, right there, to your fellow Americans. There's nothing but truth in your message. There's nothing but truth in your mission if you run it the way that you're supposed to be running it. <clears throat> All right. Uh, we've got uh, a fellow apple cedar on the line, and that is uh, a fellow Texan, our brother uh, Spit Stickler. Uh, hey, yeah. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself? How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I just uh, <clears throat> I had a couple of people come to mind that uh, deserved a shout out, and I just wanted to call in and and tell them thank you. Um, first of all is Jason Moore over in Arkansas. He was a new shooter on the line with us over uh, in Atlanta, Texas, this spring. And uh, boy, he caught the apple seed bug. He uh, he didn't even get his patch, and he went home home back to Arkansas. And he's already signed up several ranges. I think there's already three events scheduled for this year, two of which have already happened. And uh, man, it's pretty awesome. So I'm pretty I'm pretty thankful that he's with us. And uh, I haven't got to go over there to Arkansas and work with him yet. But I know Bill Three came down from. Uh, up north, and we had a bunch of Texas instructors over there for the first event, um, and uh, so I think that's pretty cool. Arkansas is getting kind of kick-started again, so he was the first one. Um, well, that's fantastic, and uh, I know that, uh, were you there with Pop this last weekend? No, I was I was at Quail Creek here in Dallas. Okay, that's what I thought, that's what I thought, uh and uh, because now I remember, uh, I remember some other stuff about that too. Now, well, <clears throat> Pop said they had a great shoot there in Arkansas, and uh, and that's another person I want to thank is Pop, uh, because Pop, uh, he's been working hard with uh, Louisiana and Arkansas and uh, Missouri. Uh, he's been doing a great job out that way. Let me give a big thanks to you too, Kirk, because. For you folks that uh, if you see any of the Appleseed billboards or the Appleseed graphics anywhere, uh, banners and flags or things like that, well, they have all sprung from the fertile mind of uh, Spitzdickler. He, uh, he's done a great deal to, and spent a great deal of time, too, on this, and making sure that the, uh, that the organization does not lack for graphics in uh, and that's just a small part of what he's done. Cause he's also a Texas instructor here. 
and I get to see him uh, fairly regularly whenever I'm blessed to have uh, him on the line here in uh, Davila, and uh, he's also a great instructor. So thank you, Kirk, for uh, your involvement in the program. Well, you're welcome. Well, it's like you said, Scott, I'm not doing it for me or doing it for you. I'm doing it for everyone else. So, uh, you know, I hope, I hope our rewards uh, uh, are, are going to bear fruit on down the road, and I have to believe they will. Uh, a couple other people I wanted to just give a quick shout-out to are some of the newer uh, IITs that we have in Texas that I've had the opportunity to work with. Uh, uh, Floyd has worked with me uh, <clears throat> and Andrew and Lauren and the rest of the crew over at Quail Creek this weekend. He's, uh, you know, he's just getting started. He was up in Oklahoma. He's moved back, back down here to Dallas, and uh, so he's joined up with us. He... Uh, He's uh, jumping in with both feet. He and uh, David Lumley, gunslinger on the forum, are both working. The, well, there's a big Cabela, Cabela's event over in the new store in Allen this weekend, and they're both going to work that event this weekend, And uh, which I think is going to be awesome. There will be a ton of people there. Anyone that's been over there to that store knows that it's just pretty much a madhouse. So we should get uh, lots of good exposure, so I'm glad they're going to be over there doing that. Um and David Lumley, he's another one. He's uh, he's uh, worked a couple of events, and uh, he's just a great guy. I'm glad he's with us. Also, uh, Blue Jay and Aggie, husband, another husband and wife team. Um, I've had the opportunity to work a couple of events with them, and uh, they're awesome. It's it's a it's a treat to work with them. I'm glad they're with us as well. All right, and listen, uh, we've got. Uh, uh, Floyd sent me a, a letter, and I sent a reply, I think, to everybody. I'm, I'm hopefully, yeah, I know that I got you on there because I remember putting your name on it. Anyway, we'll have a uh, Rifleman's Boot Camp here in Texas. Uh, the either the uh, the week before Thanksgiving or the week after. Uh, we haven't uh, exactly figured it out yet. I'm I'm trying to get uh, some uh, some highly accurate super super secret weather data. Uh, so that we can figure out which week to take. So we've got a whole bunch of different uh, quarters and half dollars and stuff that we're going to start flipping to uh, to see which ones, uh, which dates are the best, so that uh, we can have the event without uh, having it in a cold rainstorm or uh, or anything like that. So I imagine we're just going to end up uh, guessing and then putting it on the schedule for. Uh, for where the most folks can attend. But I want to make sure that everybody out there listening, if you're anywhere nearby and you want to come to uh, the Texas Rifleman's Boot Camp, we'll be holding it here in Davila, <clears throat> uh either the uh, weekend, week before Thanksgiving or the week after. And uh, we'd love to have any of uh, all of the Texas folks attend. And even if you're uh, already a red hat, et cetera, you're welcome to come for as uh, long or as little as you would like. Uh, because we like to get all of our folks kind of refreshed at these events. And uh, the way that we'll run it, too, is uh, we'll run it like a RBC-IBC combined. That means that <clears throat> if you uh, are already, uh, if you've already shot to rifleman standards and you've attended a couple of uh, events and you uh, are good to go with your shooting, then we'll run it so that we have the RBC, and then at the in the middle of the RBC, we'll have the IBC, like the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And uh, and you can come to that 
and attend the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday uh, in order to have it counted as an IBC for you, and then uh, then you can participate in the event immediately following the RBC in order to get your evaluation. <clears throat> so, uh, and you don't have to be from Texas, all right? Any of you guys that want to come, you're welcome to come. We've got plenty of room for you guys to uh, to camp out here, and uh, we've got uh, a, a little bit of sheltered uh, areas. We've got... Uh, uh, three different uh, small trailers that uh, folks can use to camp in, and uh, and we also would like all of the instructors to come through uh, for as little or as long as they can. Get you some time on the line, uh, make sure that you're up to speed and everybody's on the same page in how to uh, run an event, how to give the instruction, and then to meet the folks that you will soon be seeing uh, as the new IITs in the program. So, Please make sure that uh, that you take a look at those dates, and we'll have the uh, uh, we'll have the dates up to you. Let's see, by the end of next week, all right? Before then, actually, we'll have the dates up by the middle of next week, and uh, within seven days, we'll have the uh, the uh, exact dates, all right? So make sure that you uh, that you take a look, and it doesn't matter how far away you are. Uh, we've got to welcome Matt out for you. Uh, anything else that you wanted to add in, Kirk? Yeah, I've still got a few a few names to go here. Okay, uh, let's go. <laughs> well, I, and they've been around for a while, but I also wanted to uh, uh, give a thanks to Chris and Donna Barry and David Ashcraft. They uh, they're all on up there in their IIT workings and are about ready to cross over the Red Hat cusp. So I just wanted to say thanks to them for continuing on their uh, IIT mission, and uh, they'll be they'll be reaching that Red Hat goal there before you know it. Um, they are a good crew, and uh, and I couldn't be more happier uh, with Chris and Donna and the rest of the folks that are currently uh, feeding into the instructor cadre here in Texas. I'm very very happy. I'll be even more happy. When uh, our Texas, our, the number of our Texas instructors, it gets up close to the number of folks that are over in California. So let's keep feeding the folks in. Let's make sure that everybody understands that the goal of the uh, of your your of all of the folks in the program should be to get back on the couch. Right? We drug you off the couch. Your nice, comfy, cozy couch and your uh, your remote control, and the only way you can ever get back there is by finding your replacements and getting them fed into the pipeline and getting them up to speed. So each and every one of you should be doing that. Make sure that you're uh, that you are not missing an opportunity uh, to feed some new instructor blood into the program <coughs> and. Uh, the Dallas crew, all of you guys up there in Dallas, Kirk, you, and Lauren, Andrew, and the rest of the Dallas crew have been doing a great job of feeding new instructors uh, into the program. All right, who else? Well, I also wanted to give a shout-out to SCSI and Red Dot because I know uh, there was one event that I couldn't, I wasn't able to work uh, last month or something, and they, they drove all the way up here from down south to 
help run the show, and they've done that more than once. And uh, I mean, that's what it takes to make all this happen. And uh, I know that's a long drive, but uh, thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I want to thank both of those guys too because uh, uh, Kirby is not just a uh, an Appleton instructor. Uh, he also is uh, one of the IT guys. So when you see guys, when you see Kirk and Kirby on the line uh, doing their Red Hat business, uh, little do you know that uh, when they leave the line, they're going to go back and they're going to uh, get on their computers and they're going to hammer away to ensure that uh, that there are good graphics, that uh, there is good computer work done, and that... Uh, and Kirby is one of the IT guys that is uh, has been working on the software programs that it, that that we use to make sure that the program stays up and running. Uh, Kirby's part of uh, Bill Three's uh, team of IT guys that uh, that constantly are working hard to hammer out the website stuff. And we couldn't; it, it would not look like it looks now if it were not for. Uh, Kirk and Kirby and Bill and uh, the rest of the IT guys. The only reason I'm not giving everybody's name out is because I don't I don't know who all the the rest of the IT guys are. Maybe you can uh, can fill in any I missed, Kirk. But you know I it, I mean I think the group is sort of expanding all the time. Kirby's the main one that uh, you know works with me <clears throat> when when something gets requested to get put up. But I'm sure there are others as well. So. Yeah, anyone that's uh, anyone that's helping out, or anyone that wants to help out, uh, <laughs> we'd love to have you. <laughs> so. That's right. If you don't feel like you like you that you would be happy being on the line, or if you feel like, hey, I'd be happy on the line, uh, but I'll also be happy if I uh, do some other stuff like IT stuff, then contact uh, Kirk or Kirby uh, or Bill on the forum, and say, hey, can you guys plug me in anywhere? Because I'd like to uh, I'd like to donate uh, like an hour a week to help you guys. And you know what they'll say? They'll say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Here's what we need. We just need you to do this, uh, this thing right here real quick. Because as everybody knows, uh, many hands make the load lighter. Uh, Kirk, stay on the line. I'm going to bring uh, one of our buddies on here uh, with us, Golfer7080. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, y'all. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. It's been a while, sir. I've I've heard a lot of good things about your program continuing on, and uh, I've been trying to recruit for you guys. Uh, I've been wearing my rifleman jacket to Camp Ferry, Ohio, for nationals with my shooting team, and uh, I coach a junior team out of Waco. And I'm trying to get my junior team organized to come down and visit you guys at the villa if you'd like to have us come down. Okay, run that by me again real quick. I coach a junior high-power rifle team out of Waco. I'm actually the right. Texas State Rifle Association junior high-power coordinator and coach for high-power rifle. Right, right. I remember you saying, I remember you talking about that. And you said, what? how can we? Uh, how can we lend a hand here? Well, actually, I would like to know uh, how the program feels about bringing experienced junior shooters down to, say, to Villa or something like that to get them oriented to uh, Appleseed. 
Listen, bring bring every one of them down, and we'll make a place for them on the line. Okay. I know I've got a lot of them that would enjoy the, the program, I think. I've got a lot of good kids uh, across the state of Texas that I coach. And uh, I've run well, into several of your instructors down, at some of our events. If they want to come down, you let me know, and uh, we will uh, we will make sure that uh, we have plenty of instructors available. And I know that your guys are... Uh, uh, are all a, uh, ahead of the uh, ahead of their peers because they're already shooting competitively. Uh, but it still works better if we have a, uh, a large group of instructors uh, to help with the coaching of them and make sure that uh, uh, that each of them gets individual attention. So let me know when you want to do this and how many folks you bring. We'll set up. We can even set up a special event for it. I, I have no problems with doing that. And uh, and then making sure that the uh, uh that they're ready to go for the 25 meter or do they have uh, center fire rifles? Yes, they've got they'll have access to both. I've still got all, all right. my so they uh, can come Apple and shoot at the, uh, at the actual distance. So would be glad uh, we, to have that. Um you you are shooting KD down at Davila still? Yes, sir, we are. We've got uh we have good, nice, good, clean range uh, out to uh, 700 meters. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I need to come down and visit with you sometime. Um, I'd like to come down and, and see how you guys are doing and see if there's any old faces still around that I remember. Pretty much uh, most of the folks are still here, and we would we would love to have you. So, uh, so give me a call. My number hasn't changed. It's still the same phone number. And... Uh, Okay. And my email hasn't changed either. It's still the same one. So give me a call or an email. We'll start talking about this. We'll get it set up and uh, and bring the whole crew down and uh, get them to bring their buddies down because this would be a good way for them. Uh, I'm sure probably a lot of them would like to have some of their friends uh, that aren't shooting with them right now. They'd like to have some of their friends uh, shooting with them, and maybe their friends don't want to go through whatever process it is uh for them to learn to get started, this would be a great way to break them in uh, fairly easy and get them uh, on the road to becoming, uh, you know, a member of your shooting crew. Good deal. Yeah, I'd love to bring them down. Um, now, the camis issue, I'm, I'm reading on today's show, is that for the shooters or just for instructors? Or um, I understand no, no, a lot of the politics having been in, organized with you guys out in California setting up Pyru and stuff like that. Um, right. No, um, is that for the shooters also? Or? Rule. It just says uh, they just they just said that uh, they would they would appreciate it if uh, the instructors uh, would uh, try not to wear camouflage so that it didn't look like uh, a bunch of scary folks uh, to the regular everyday person. And uh, like I said, I. Uh, I'm of mixed mind about that, but it, but it doesn't matter because uh, because I'm not here to satisfy myself. I'm I'm just here to make sure that the mission runs and that I get to spread the message. So, no, if you've got any of the folks that are attending, they can wear whatever they want to wear. Okay. All right. If I just didn't want to offend anybody, if I brought anybody down. No, nobody um, will ever get offended uh, about anything. I don't get offended about an instructor showing up with camouflage, wearing camouflage. I just ask them uh, if uh, 
not to do it. And the, the thing that we were trying to get away from is making sure that there wasn't uh, seven guys uh, all dressed in uh, camouflage with uh, bloused boots on and uh, uh, and have it look like it was something military because uh, your normal lay persons knock it off. Yeah, sorry about that. I've got dogs here in the house fighting. Uh, because the average layperson uh, might come to an event and look at that and go, you know what, this, is, uh, this isn't something that I, I want to get involved with before they know what it is. That's all. And because right. we have a, no, lot of, we got a lot of folks that are, uh, that are just dying, just dying for any kind of chance they can get to, uh, to somehow uh, slander the program, then uh, they would love to have a picture like that that they could put up. And they really don't even need our help. I'm sure if you uh, if you look at the New York Times uh, article a while back and then several other articles that had been written, uh, they had, uh, I think, the person that they were using as an Appleseed uh, uh, attendee was uh, like a woman that was holding a silenced uh, M16, M203 grenade launcher and uh, and saying that uh, she was like one of the attendees or something I don't know, but uh, but we just don't want to give anybody any ammunition, and it's not that big a deal, you know. Uh, right. Honestly, if you can find something to wear to work that's not camouflage, you can find something to wear on the line that's not camouflage. Uh, you know, it's I, I I don't think it should be a big deal, and uh, the only way it is a big deal is for somebody to make it a big deal and. For me, that's just one of the things that. Oh, why? Why would I? Uh, why would I care one way or the other? If they ask me to wear a pink shirt on the line, okay, I'll wear a pink shirt. As long as I get to put out the message, I don't really care about all the other stuff. The other stuff is just fluff. It's just superfluous stuff, and any kind of argument or disagreement about it is just stuff that stands in between me and me having the ability to spread the message. You know. So that's that's my opinion on it. There's enough uh, problems, there's enough trouble already in the nation without me trying to uh, to get bent out of shape over what kind of clothing I'm wearing. Now, if somebody said I had to wear uh, military clothing or if I had to wear an armband, a black armband with a swastika or something, then, yeah, that that would probably uh, make it a, uh, a, a no-go for me. But that's not what we're saying. We're just saying... Uh, just uh, just wear your regular uh, clothing. Wear an Appleseed T-shirt that we're providing for you free, and uh, and then spend the rest of the day uh, spreading the message. All right. So that's a very uh, very easy, very simple thing to do. So, <clears throat> well, listen. You can give me a uh, give me a call and. Uh, and we will work on getting you and your guys uh, uh, set up to attend an event here. All right, it looks like uh, we lost uh, uh, golfer. Either uh, he's uh, either he lost service or or blog talk uh, just randomly dropped him as it is wont to do sometimes. Kirk, do you have anything else that you'd like to get out? Well, yeah, I had a couple more people I wanted I wanted to just give a quick uh thank you to and that was uh Boar Trekker, Alonzo 
and you already mentioned Pop a little bit, but uh, and that guy's everywhere. He's he's doing everything, so he I think he deserves a pat on the back for sure. And there's there was uh, one other guy that I wanted to to thank tonight that he he puts a lot a lot of work into the program and uh, beyond uh, doing his regular duties, he also does a radio show every week without fail. And that's you and. Uh, you're always dishing up the thanks, and I just thought uh, you need to get a little thank you yourself, Scout. Well, thank you, Kirk. I really appreciate that. And uh, Kirk has been doing a lot of other stuff uh, to help myself and some of the other folks here in Texas on some other things, and I want to say thank you for that too, Kirk. And uh, I already mailed you a a two-pound brick of gold bullion, so you should be getting that soon. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> if any of the rest of you folks, if anybody has uh, uh, some information that they want to get out, or if they have uh, anybody else they would like to think, well, keep the lines open. I'm going to read uh, a story to you here in a second, just because uh, I love reading the uh, the stories from uh, the book that I have called Spirit of 76. And uh, and I'm going to read you a story there in just a minute. But we'll keep the lines open so that uh, anybody who would like to call in, if you have something you want to say uh, that's constructive, if you have something that uh, you want to ask, or if you want to give a thank you to one of your local crew members, then uh, please do so. Uh, go ahead and give us a call at 347-308-8790, and we'll get you on the air. All right? And listen, <coughs> uh this show shouldn't be the only one that you are calling into. And uh, you should also be using this show as uh, kind of like training wheels to help you uh, help you understand the process of calling into radio shows because radio shows uh, are a fantastic way to promote your events. And it's also a free way for you to uh, get the information out in front of thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even one million people very easily, very, very easily, all right? And the way you do that is you find your local talk show, one that has a message that, uh, uh, that is compatible with Appleseed. Maybe they talk about the founders. Maybe they talk about the Constitution. Uh, maybe they talk about uh, the events of uh, April 19, 1775. And a lot of folks do these days. All right, let's do the program and then call in whenever uh, it's appropriate to do so and let the folks uh, know that our organization exists and what we do. And it's very easy to do. And we've given you uh, tutorials on this plenty of times, and uh, I have some more tutorials coming up on that. And... Uh, and calling into this show is a great way for you to uh, to break the ice on doing that because you know that I'm going to put you on the air. You know that uh, uh, that I'm going to be uh, uh, reasonable and that I'm going to uh, let you speak. So it's a great way for you to say, you know what, I'd like to call into a radio show, but I don't know, you know, I'm a bit apprehensive about uh, doing it because I've never done it before. All right, we'll call into this show. Three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. Call into this show, 
and you can talk uh, here on the show to Maine to the the listeners, <clears throat> and you'll see that uh, you can do it without any type of a fatal injury or anything like that. And uh, you'll have a little bit of experience, and you'll be uh, you'll be good to go with calling into your local show. And let me tell you, calling into your local show is a lot better. It's a lot better way to get the information out in front of people. You can either uh, spend money and print up uh, hundreds or thousands of flyers, and then you can put those flyers uh, personally in the hands of people, shake their hands, and uh, tell them about the program, etc., which takes forever and exposes you to uh, uh, all kinds of bacteria and germs and stuff like that. Or you can call into a radio show, and in about 60 seconds, you can reach 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, 100,000, or a million people. So you tell me which one you think is a more effective way to do it. Uh, the radio show is going to be free. It's free, and it's very easy to do. You find the radio station you want to call in. You get their telephone number. You wait till the conversation uh, uh, swings to something that's compatible with you bringing up Appleseed. You tell the call screener when the call screener answers what you'd like to comment on and make sure it's a comment relative to what they're speaking about. And then make sure that you make that comment first. Otherwise, uh, they may dump you if you say that you want to talk about uh, the Constitution and then you get on and you start yelling about apple seed. There's a seven-second delay. They may just dump you, all right, because it's kind of rude, too, because you said you were going to talk about one thing and you start with the other. Instead, you get on there, you make your remarks that you'd like to make about the Constitution, and then without any, uh, without a period or a comma at the end of your Constitution remark, you go right into the Appleseed Project and invite them to come to the event, let them know what we're doing, and don't give them a chance to, to break in and, and, uh, and stop you from talking. You just make your comment that you said you were going to make, and then segue straight into Appleseed, and... Uh, you never know. Half the time, I find that uh, that the uh, the hosts uh, are happy with me talking about apple seed. Now, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they care less, etc. It doesn't matter. Uh, but you're but it's never going to be something that's injurious to you. Uh, even if they cut you off, it doesn't matter. What does that matter? It doesn't do anything. Uh, the main thing is is that you get the information out, you know, over the air, free to thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, or millions of folks. I'm telling you, it's one of the best ways we can use to get this out. If you guys, if you state coordinators, would put together a two- or three-man team of radio show callers, I'm telling you, you, should, you could get miles out of this, miles out of it. If anybody needs any uh, uh, tutoring on it, or if they want to know how to do it, I'll be glad. You can give me a call anytime, uh, 254-217-1325. Uh, you can email me or you can PM me. I'll be glad to walk you through it and uh, and give you uh, uh, as much help as I can to get started. The whole idea is to get more people on the line. Get more people on the line, you get the message out to more people. You get the message out to more people, then the mission it gets accomplished sooner. Not only that, but you get more people on the line, you get more chances to recruit folks who can take your place, all right, who can take your place and do the job that uh, with folks 
coming into help. All right? More hands make the load lighter. If it's just you, you're going to have a hard road to hoe trying to get all the stuff you done done that you need. If there are ten of you, then your job is easier and the load is easier on each and every one of those guys. But how are you going to get them? Well, the only way you're going to get them is by getting uh, 40 people or 50 people to attend an event so that you can get the one, possibly two people out of that 40 or 50 who are willing to become uh, staff members and to assist you and who are going to stay with uh, a volunteer organization. All right? It takes that many people. You've got to call through that many people to get the one or two that will actually do what they say they're going to do. And that's not because there's anything wrong with this program. It's just because there's something wrong with uh, with Americans. All right? They become apathetic. They become lazy. Uh, the idea of of having to spend an hour trying to do promo or spending a weekend teaching folks to shoot is uh, is just scary to them because they had already planned to get on the couch with a cold beer in their remote for the weekend and let everything, let all of their problems dissolve and fade to a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling uh, of denial that there's uh, anything wrong or that there's any way for them to do anything about what there is wrong. Just deny the whole thing, grab another beer, switch to the next 30-minute uh, situational comedy and life is good alright so you're going to have to comb through 40 or 50 folks to find that one person who isn't like that and is willing to stay with uh, a, a hard job with a tough mission the way to get to those 40 or 50 folks to attend is to invite uh, 10,000 at a time and the only way to do that economically is using some form of mass media that means television or radio. Television is going to be a lot harder. Uh, so radio is left there as the one shining possibility that's easy, free, and has the most likelihood of being successful. So make sure that uh, you guys, your state coordinators, you promo folks, have this at the top of your list uh, in order to put a team together and get the word out. I'm telling you, it, it is easy. It's easy to get on the air. Now, it may not be easy to get on Hannity or Rush, although you could, you guys can do it. It can be done fairly easily, and that would be a big, uh, a big uh, home run hit uh, out of the ballpark. And I'll tell you, too, I'll extend my offer. Uh, I put an offer uh, up on the forum a couple of years ago that if any of you guys out there get on uh, the Rush Limbaugh show or the Hannity show and uh, – you uh, get on the, the air with them, and you get out uh, information about the Appleseed Project. That uh, I've got a, a collector's edition uh, uh, number one Mark III infield, and a collector's edition uh, uh, 1891 Argentine Mauser. Both of them are just in beautiful collector's grade rifles, and uh, you can have your pick of either one. All right. Either one of those, just for making a phone call. How much easier is it to get a rifle? All right? Making a phone call, and you can all give you either one of those rifles. All right? You get yourself on Hannity, get yourself on uh, Rush Limbaugh, 
get the information out about the program, voila, and uh, you got yourself a new rifle. Uh, maybe you don't want that rifle, but, uh, you know, the uh, they're both worth uh, quite a few bucks. Take it, shoot it on the gun broker, get you whatever rifle you want then. Uh, so <clears throat> the offer still stands, but that's the home run, all right? And games uh, usually are not run uh, or determined by the home run. They're de- they're decided uh, by uh, at bat and on base. <clears throat> so the way to do that is to get as many uh, folks to come to the events as you can by taking getting the easy uh, base hits of calling into your local radio stations and getting the information out. It's easy. We've got a lot of good folks that are doing it. Uh, we got the, the guy here in Texas, uh, Nick, who uh, who did a great job of this, and he's uh, I believe he's working with one of the other programs now. I think he's doing scheduling and stuff like that now. But for quite a while, he was uh, uh, helping with the radio program, and he he got all on all kinds of radio shows, and uh, it's very easy. To do so, uh, make sure that you've got a good uh, landline. Uh, you give yourself a uh, like a one-hour block where you can be at the phone. You call the number and keep calling it, keep calling it, keep calling it until they answer. When they answer, you make sure that you listen to the radio too. And it's a minute that, and when you're dialing, have the radio turned down because if you if they answer the phone, you got the radio blaring in the background. They're gonna they may drop you right then and there. Have the radio turned down, but have, be, but have been listening to it so that they can say, what's your comment? And that's how they're going to say it. They're going to say it real quick. What's your comment? And you're going to say, I want to talk about X, Y, Z. And it has to be something that they're talking about. It can't be something completely from some other uh, direction, or they'll just drop you. They won't say anything else. They'll just hear a dial tone in your ear. You say, my comment is such and such. And they say, all right. And then you'll hear the radio show coming on over the telephone, all right? That means that they've got you on hold. You stay on there on hold, and it, it might. I've, I've waited uh, uh, over an hour at times to get on shows. Uh, and they may have you uh, there on there that long waiting, all right? You stay there waiting on the line, and while you're waiting, you rehearse what you're going to say, all right? You just sit there and you rehearse it. So that uh, when they go, okay, hello, Scout, what's your what's your comment? Then uh, you can say, well, I just wanted to congratulate you on the job that you did, or I agree with what you say about the founders. I believe that's what they truly believed, uh, X, Y, Z. And at the same time, I listen, I want to invite you to come to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event because we believe the same things, and we teach folks uh, how to uh, shoot. We teach them the fundamentals of rifle marksmanship, and we talk to them about the events of April 19, 1775, and about what the founders' view, vision for the nation was. Would you like to come? Because I can set it up. Bang. That's it. And they'll either say, uh, uh, no, or yes, or they'll say, well, what is apple seed? I think I've heard of that before. Or, hey, that might sound good. What do you think about us uh, getting the radio guys to, to go to an event? Or they may just say, thanks, bye. 
or they may not say anything. You may just hear a dial tone in your ear, whatever. It doesn't matter. You've done your job, right? You just got it out to uh, however many folks. And when I'm in Houston, the uh, the station that I call has one million listeners. And you can get on just by calling in. It doesn't take uh, uh, 35 uh, times dialing. You call at the most. I think I've dialed, I've had to dial twice or three times to get on if it was a really hot topic. And uh, so now that they now they know uh, what I'm going to talk about when I when I get on there. I mean, I don't tell them beforehand because, like I said, I don't. You don't say I'm calling to talk about Appleseed because they'll just drop you because that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about whatever subject that they're talking about, and that's what you need to say you're talking about. Then uh, then once you get on, then you segue quickly into Appleseed or Appleseed or RWVA.org. <clears throat> whatever it is uh, that is going to be most compatible with the subject that they're talking about, all right? Use the radio. Use the radio to get people to come to your events. Uh, it's easy. It's cheap. It's painless. All right. And once again, if anybody needs uh, any uh, any tutorials on it, I'll be glad to give you a hand with uh, with setting it up or rehearsing or practicing anything like that. All right. Okay, <clears throat> the lines are still open. If you want to call in and uh, and either ask a question or talk to uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the uh, or, or give thanks to one of your uh, your local guys. Uh, if I painted my AR camo, am I not allowed to fire an apple seed? All right. Okay. Don't. Uh, uh, I think that you're. Uh, I think that you you've kind of gone off base, right? Because it looks like all of your posts that you're writing here in the chat room uh, are all uh, having to do with the camo thing. See what I'm talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you've allowed yourself to to get completely. Uh, disoriented and completely uh, off base with that. Whenever I gave a, uh, uh, I think a very uh, very clear uh, explanation uh, of that of any of those questions. All right, switching to a different uh, a different topic now. You guys know that. Uh, that I've been reading over the uh, the last six or seven months from a book called The Spirit of 76. Uh, with uh, This is from Henry Steele Commager and Richard B. Morris, these two guys who did the editing. They didn't write the book because <clears throat> uh, the book is a huge collection of the writings of the people who were directly involved in the American Revolutionary War. You can read history books and they will uh they will tell you about the American Revolutionary War from the perspective of people who have uh done a lot of research and they've read these letters and they have 
decided that, uh, or they're writing their history with the outcome already known and uh, in the same position as the Monday morning quarterbacks. And that is a completely different thing than reading the words of the people that were there. All right, because that's how the historians know what happened, is because they read the letters of the folks that were there. That's how they got the, the history. That's how they wrote their history book on it. They read the letters of the folks that were there. So I think this is an excellent way of getting your history because you're getting it directly from the person that was there, from their exact writings. And whenever you read this, you also have to keep that in mind, and that is that the people that were writing this down, and they're writing their letters, they're, they're telling you what is going on from their own individual perspective. They weren't able to look at the 6 o'clock news and see what was going on all across the nation. They only knew what was going on right then and there with them. And they didn't know already that, uh, that the American Revolutionary War was going to come down in the favor of the colonists. They had, they had no idea. They're just writing directly what was happening to them right there, then and there at that time in their own words. And uh, it's a fantastic way to to read the history and learn about it. You'll also find uh, a bunch of stuff that uh, you, when you read it, you'll have to keep in mind, too, just like I said, that these this is coming directly from their mouths. They didn't know what's going on somewhere else. And... Some of the stuff that they're saying, it's not, uh, it is not true, not because they meant for it to be untrue. It's because they didn't know the overall truth. They're only writing from their perspective. So some of the things that they're writing or that they think uh, might not actually be the reality, but it's the reality as they knew it. <clears throat> okay. This is from uh, Chapter 30, called The Turn of the Tide. And uh, this is the part of the book that talks about the, the events that happened in the South uh, right around 1780, uh, actually in uh, October of 1780. And that's also when uh, King's Mountain uh, occurred. And I uh, read to you guys the Battle of King's Mountain in Waxhaws and... Uh, and this is called The Turn of the Tide. On October 14, 1780, the same day that Shelby and Campbell annihilated the Tories at Kings Mountain, General Nathaniel Green was named to succeed Gates in the Southern Command. Green did not reach the field until December. In the meantime, Cornwallis' forces in South Carolina were continually and effectively harassed by the partisans, notably the small band skillfully and daringly led by Francis Marion and Thomas Sumter, the latter increasingly independent of direction. More and more, Cornwallis counted on Tarleton to cope with the guerrillas. Even the affair at Blackstock's, in which Tarleton suffered ten casualties to every one suffered by Sumter, was magnified by the green, green dragoon into a victory and as such was accepted by Cornwallis. Now, this is something that uh, that everybody's familiar with, and that is uh, the events. Uh, it says here, even though he suffered ten casualties to every one suffered by Sumter, 
Charlton still was able to spin it into a victory, and that is how Cornwallis was reading it, right? Because he doesn't want to look bad, so he's saying, oh, yeah, we won. We killed uh, three of their guys, and he left out the they killed 30 of ours. Uh, <clears throat> outnumbered by Cornwallis, three to two, and operating a theater terribly racked by war, pillage, and discord, Green wisely concentrated first on guerrilla tactics, developing on a more comprehensive scale the tactics of the Carolina partisans. He detached some of his own forces and placed them under Morgan, one of the few military geniuses the war had produced, who had now come out of self-imposed retirement. Remember, Morgan had uh, had gone into retirement. He'd been very severely wounded, and he'd been gone into kind of a retirement. Well, he came back out once Green took command of the forces, the southern forces, and the war began to 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 turn in the south. Uh, Morgan was sent to harass the British outpost in the western part of South Carolina, and Green moved to the north-central part of the state to support the American partisans. The disaster Morgan inflicted upon the British at Cowpens ended the legacy of Tarleton's invincibility. And I read to you guys the Battle of Cowpens. We'll go over it again uh, in a couple of months. But uh, Morgan's men annihilated uh, Tarleton and his men at uh, Cowpens. Now Cornwallis became the pursuer. Too late to catch Morgan, he tried to corner Green, pressing him into northern Virginia, only to fall back on Hillsborough for support. Guilford Courthouse was a costly technical victory for Cornwallis, who momentarily kept the field but had his army terribly mauled by Green's men. The British commander now gave up all thoughts of capturing Green. He moved to the coast, and he finally quit North Carolina altogether for a new theater of action in Virginia, where to all intents and purposes, he brought the curtain down on the war. All right, now this next uh, reading is the memoirs of Captain Tarleton Brown of South Carolina. All right, now this isn't Bannister Tarleton. This is Tarleton Brown of South Carolina. All right, overtaking General Marion at King's Tree, Black River, South Carolina, we immediately united with his troops. Marion's route then lay between the Santee and the Little Petey Rivers, and being desirous to intercept and defeat Colonel Watts, who was then marching at the head of 400 men between Camden and Georgetown, every arrangement and preparation was made to carry into execution his design. All things being now ready, Watts appeared in sight at the head of his large force, and as they marched down the road with great show and magnificence, hoping, no doubt, to terrify and conquer the country with their looks, they spied us, at which time the British horse sallied forth to surround us. Marion, with his characteristic shrewdness and sagacity, discovered their maneuvers, anticipated their object, and retreated to the woods some four or five hundred yards and prepared for them. In a few moments, they came dashing up, expecting to find us all in confusion and disorder, but, to their astonishment, we were ready for the attack, and perceiving this, they called a halt. 
at which time Marion and Horry ordered a charge. Colonel Horry stammered very badly, and on this occasion he leaned forward, spurred his horse, waved his sword, and began charging, endeavoring all the while to utter the words charge. Finding he could not, he finally turned and bawled out, Damn it, boys, you, you, you know what I mean. Go on. <laughs> now, this, of course, sounds like a, like a clip from a movie. You have the guy who's in charge of leading the, uh, the assault of the charge who stutters. And when it's time for him to yell charge, he can't. So he's still waving his sword, and he's, he's charging. He's running because what he meant to do was yell charge right when he started, but he couldn't, and he didn't stop running, and he couldn't ever yell charge. So finally he's about 70 yards out in front of everybody else, and he has to turn around and yell, Damn it, boys, you know what I mean. Go on. We were then doing what we could, pressing with all rapidity to the strife, and before the British could get back to the main body, we slew a goodly number of them. Being eager to do all the damage we could, we pursued the fellows very close to the line of their main body, and as soon as they got in, Watts began to thunder his cannon at us and to tear down the limbs and branches of the trees, which fell about us like hail, but did no other damage than to wound one of our men, Nat Houston, and one of our horses slightly. Marion, now finding his force, which consisted of only 200 men, though sterling to a man, brave, fearless, and patriotic, was too small to give Watts open battle. They guarded the bridges and swamps in his route and annoyed and killed his men as they passed. For prudence's sake, Marion never encamped over two nights in one place, unless at a safe distance from the enemy. He generally commenced the line of march about sunset, continuing through the greater part of the night. By this policy, he was enabled effectually to defeat the plans of the British and to strengthen his languishing cause. For while the one army was encamping and resting in calm and listless security, not dreaming of danger, the other, taking advantage of opportunity and advancing through the sable curtains of the night, unobserved, often effectually vanquished and routed their foes. It was from this craftiness and ingenuity of Marion, the celerity with which he moved from post to post that his enemies gave to him the significant appellation of the Swamp Fox. Upon him depended almost solely the success of the provincial army in South Carolina, and the sequel has proven how well he performed the trust reposed in him. His genuine love of the country and liberty and his unwearied vigilance and invincible fortitude coupled with the imminent success which attended him through his brilliant career, has endeared him to the hearts of his countrymen. And the memory of his deeds of valor shall never slumber so long as there a Carolinian to speak his panegyric. All right. Listen to what they said, because it's very important here. For prudence' sake, Marion never encamped over two nights in one place. Now, this is a very important thing. Because you can read time and time again during the American Revolutionary War, and actually in, in any war, you can read about how this has affected 
battles, how this has caused things to go wrong, where commanders felt they were safe and secure, and they had their folks all make camp and bed down and go to sleep, and when they woke up, it was to the charge of the enemies, and uh, and that's because they had gotten complacent, and they had either camped uh, multiple nights in the same place, uh, or they had not... Uh, they had not moved their camp when they should have. Uh, Marion adhered to this policy strictly. He never stayed uh, over two nights in one place, and he always made sure to move at night uh, while everybody else was uh, making their camps and sleeping. He was moving. Uh, this caused, uh, or this allowed him to have a great deal of success. All right. <clears throat> the heavy rains which prevailed at this time and inundated the country to a considerable extent proved very favorable to Marion. He now sent a detachment of 70 men, myself was one of this number, across the Santee to attack the enemy station at Scott's Lake and Monk's Corner. We crossed the river at night in a small boat commanded by Captain James and John Postel dividing our force into two companies, each consisting of 35 men. Captain James Postel took one company and proceeded to Scott's Lake, but ascertaining the strength of the enemy and finding the place too well fortified to warrant an attack, he abandoned the project and returned again to the river and awaited the arrival of Captain John Postel, who, in the meantime, had marched with the other company to Monk's Corner. It was my good fortune to accompany the latter. Just about the break of day, we charged upon the enemy. Our appearance was so sudden and unexpected that they had not time to even fire a single gun. We took 33 prisoners, found 20-odd hogsheads of old spirits, and a large supply of provisions. The former we destroyed, but returned with the latter and our prisoners to the army on Santee. The news of our attack on Monk's Corner having reached the enemy at Scott's Lake, they forthwith marched to their assistance but arrived too late to extend any. We had captured their comrades, bursted their hogsheads of spirits, gathered their provisions, and decamped before their arrival. Captain James Postel, being apprised of their march to assist their friends at Monk's Corner, returned to the fort, set fire to it, and burned it level to the ground. Uh, these were the memoirs of Captain Torlton Brown, South Carolina. <clears throat> All right. Like I said, I thought that was uh, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, it reminds me of the uh, if you saw the uh, the series Band of Brothers, and you'll remember that section of the story where uh, Captain Winters is there with all of his men, and uh, they were kind of trapped in a defilade uh, at one night after their, uh, an attack on the crossroads. And they figured the only way that they are going to uh, to get out of there was a full-on, brought-on charge straight into what they assumed to be uh, enemy riflemen and machine guns. And the, uh, the signal to begin the attack was from a smoke grenade. He was going to throw a smoke grenade. When they saw it, they were supposed to take off. Well, he pulled a pin on the smoke grenade, 
He released the lever and tossed it, and it popped, and then it fizzed. Well, Captain Winters was, he was in his rifleman's bubble, and he was in the middle of a charge, and I'm sure the blood was pounding, and it was roaring in his ears, and and he was the type of commander who led by example, and his example was to be out in front of his men. So he didn't expect to see anybody in front of him or beside him. They were all going to be following him, and they were more than willing to do so. But then one guy stopped him and said, he said, wait for the signal, which was the smoke. So they waited, and Winters was running until finally the smoke did pop, and the rest of his uh, unit jumped out of their uh, trenches and the, the creek bed there and took off after him. And then remember, they uh, their expected enemy, which was a couple of uh, uh, of crude weapons, uh, a couple of uh, MG-34s or 42s with a, a few other riflemen, that wasn't there any longer. Instead, what they found was uh, apparently two full companies of SS. But he and his one small, uh, I would consider either an overstrength squad or an understrength platoon, they came up onto the bank and began firing. And because of their boldness in that moment, it turned the whole tide of the battle. And his one platoon uh, annihilated and drove out uh, almost a full battalion of SS, uh, battle-hardened SS. Now, this isn't going to work in every occasion, but it did work on that one. And, uh, and, uh, and it's funny afterwards. I'm sure it wasn't funny then if he would have taken the time, because he didn't, uh, according to the movie. The movie is based on his memoirs, and uh, he didn't know that there was nobody behind him. If the smoke had not eventually gone off, then there's a good chance it would have just been Captain Winters facing the battalion of SS. And I don't know, by himself, he may not have been able to uh, to turn the tide like he did. But those are the types of things that can happen in battle. And uh, and like I said, it's not funny at the time, but it is a... Uh, it is a bit humorous afterwards. Damn it, boys! You know what I mean. Let's let's go. All right. Uh, I want uh, I want to remind everybody that the Corona 210 uh, will be running, and uh, if you are in California, that's where you should be. Uh, that's where you should be dragging folks uh, with you. Uh, we want to, I'm still trying to figure out if there's any way I can make it there, but we've got a tremendous uh, California crew that is going to be there. They're going to be setting a new record uh, for the organization. And uh, once again, I love all of the Appleseed program. I want to heap thanks and congratulations on every bit of it. Uh but I sure like to point out the fact that the California crew is just going gangbusters, that they have one of the best crews in the nation. Uh, they hit the ground running, and uh, they, uh, they are the program for the rest of the nation to model itself after. Uh, all of the California instructors and 
there's over, I believe, right at over 100 instructors here. They're running over 100 events this year. Uh, I believe last I heard, uh, the Corona 210 already had uh, over 150 uh, paid uh, pre-registered, and uh, uh, and it's still growing. All right, their goal is. Uh, uh, 210 folks to participate uh, in the event, and I feel that they are well on the way to achieving that and uh, and busting it. And uh, if they do, they will set a new record uh, for the program. And uh, I'm just very, very pr- I'm proud of it. Let me say this: I talk about the California crew a lot because because I think they are just very, very good at what they do. But that doesn't mean that uh, that all of the rest of, in, of folks in the program uh, are not doing just as good of a job uh, because they are. I'm just telling you that uh, the uh, California crew, uh, we should all be very proud of them for they're doing a fantastic job. And uh, and if I can't make it, uh, if I can't make it to the uh, Corona 210 event. I'm gonna cry, but uh, but I'm also gonna be there in spirit, and uh, and I cannot wait uh, to help lead the cheers uh, for uh, the successful event. All right. So and everybody else, I think if you will uh, send your <coughs> good thoughts and prayers. Uh, to uh, the California crew and the instructors, then uh, uh, then this is going to be uh, uh, that'll be a, a good thing for you to do, and this will be a fantastic achievement for the program. All right. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Uh, I should have the information for you this uh, at uh, the next Thursday. Uh, for Dr. Uh, uh, David Hackett Fisher's next guest appearance. Uh, I told you guys he was very sick uh, over the last few months. He uh, he managed to get a, I believe, a tick bite, and uh, and from that tick bite, he got a version of whatever of the New England. Uh, uh, of one of the New England uh, type Lyme diseases, all right, and uh, it was very touch and go for a while uh, with him. He got really high fevers. He got very very sick from this. So let me remind you guys that are uh, out in the uh, camping out and stuff like that to make sure that you uh, that you keep the ticks off you. Keep and uh, keep yourself uh, checked for that. Anyway, I'll have uh, I'll have the information on when he will be our guest again, and uh, uh, this next week. And then we'll also have the uh, uh, Corona 210 folks on uh, because I'd like to hear from them. Uh, until and I want to thank everybody who called in tonight, everybody uh, who was in the chat room helping, and uh, we'll see you guys this next Thursday at uh, seven. 
p.m. Central Time, all right? And uh, and I hope that you'll all be ready for your uh, to do your call-ins to thank the folks uh, who are helping with the program and uh, and we will uh, see you then, all right? God bless and keep all of you and uh, keep the mission uh, first in your mind.
Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.